Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Culture Talk This Is Us podcast. My name is Ananya Mahajan, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we have a very special discussion episode with the topic of AAPI. AAPI stands for Asian American and Pacific Islander, for those who didn't know. And today, we are joined with a few guests from our Culture Talk community and followers. So to start us off, I would like everyone to introduce themselves with their pronouns as well. We can start with Maddie. Hi, I'm Maddie. Um, My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm going to be a junior at ASU in Barrett studying uh, physics and minoring in mathematics, and I'm very excited to be here. Hi, I'm Anukrama, and I'm a rising freshman in University of Minnesota. I go by she, her, she, her, hers pronouns. Hi everyone, my name is Mila Lin. I'm a rising junior at Arizona State University studying fashion design and film and media production. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Hi, my name is Neon. I am a rising junior at ASU going to Mayo Clinic to study ethnocardiography. My pronouns are kind of up in the air, so I kind of use all of them right now. Hi, my name is Harshita. I am a rising sophomore at Hamilton High School. I am also a dancer and a choreographer. My pronouns are she and her. Wonderful. Well, it's so nice to meet everybody and so that our guests know when someone is talking. Uh, To get the ball rolling, I wanted to ask a question. And before I ask any of the questions I have, I did want to say some of them are a little vague, um, but I really wanted to deep down, dig deep, with what the question could mean. So to start us off, um, I wanted to ask very vague, very general, but how do you all feel about media representation of the AAPI community in American media today? And if you have any ideas on how to improve representation, because there's always room for improvement, that could be a place we could start. So my my media consumption is kind of odd. I watch a lot of like kids cartoons type deal. So like, uh, now she uh, the dragon prince and in those I see some like API representation but it is always odd to see it because it's either very small or it's a lot of it is in the fantasy world that isn't the world we live in and so it's kind of hard to have races and have like cultural ties with those races in the different stories and so you do see it a little bit in my media consumption but it's not pointed out very often. It's not something that they highlight a lot. Um, so being South Asian, like just that we were talking about Never Have I Ever, um, Never Have I Coming Out last year was a really big step. I think it was really, um, it was unexpected and it was like a very good and surprising like surprise. Um, but it was also kind of sad that it was so surprising because it was an all major, majority all South Asian cast. And the three leads were also South, um, South Indian, so Tamil and Telugu representation, which is also, there's so, even if we talk about like South Asian representation, we normally end up getting North Indian representation. It's very, honestly, rarely South Indian. Um, and so seeing that was so refreshing. Um, but with that said, there were a lot of, Places that um, I know never have ever could have improved. Just speaking generally, there were just so many 
things that were not accurate in the sense that we wouldn't compare them really to our general Indian households. Um, but with that said, Never Have Ever was something really entertaining to watch. I personally enjoyed it just because there were so many things that I could resonate with and just relate to in general and with school and with just being in a brown household. Um, so that was really cool. Just And seeing that become number one on Netflix was also really, really inspirational. So, yeah. I wanted to add on to what Harshita said. Um, the South Asian and especially South Indian representation, as you said, there was a Tamil and Telugu representation, but you know, this is like the one thing I've mostly gotten. Um, the the term Madrasi, all South Asians, uh, South Indians being Madrasi was like a thing which happened to me. And um, like with my surname being Rao, one of my friends thought that I was actually a Telugu person, but I'm actually from a state called Karnataka and I speak Kannada. And I have not seen anyone being like I'm a I speak Kannada or I speak Malayalam sort of being represented on the world platforms anywhere as much so yeah and yeah thank you for the question and yeah I just wanted to jump in with everyone that has said something so far because um, being Vietnamese American I've definitely thought about the progression of Asian representation in media um developing from childhood up until now, uh, we're young adults and still, I think lots has changed, but at the same time, like you said, things need to be improved. Um, for instance, when I was younger, I think being Asian, also specifically Vietnamese American, kind of made me feel like um, the odd one out, because if you look at media like Mean Girls, for example, the Vietnamese Americans are portrayed as very catty, very um, clicky, and just very bossy, and they, they were bullies and things. Um, but then when you look at media today, which is like Crazy Rich Asians or Jesse May Lee starring in Shadow and Bone, which also hit number one on Netflix for a really long time. Um, Never I Have I Ever is a lot of Asian representation um, to all the boys I've lived before. So I think there's like a lot of examples, um, even Parasite as well won lots of Oscar awards this year. And I think given with, unfortunately, the political and cultural climate with the Asian American attacks due to the election and the political landscape um, and COVID as well, I think that we're in a year where more Asian representation is coming to light, though I think it's not enough still. I think everyone's kind of using it as a bandwagon and then Asians who are Asian who want to see more representation are trying to feel this momentum. But still, I wish there was more of a foundation of Asian representation rather than just being treated like a hashtag or a trend. Um, because unfortunately that's seen in a lot of industries in fashion designers, film, Hollywood, um, even Asian um, originated movies as well, like Korean dramas, Bollywood, things like that. So I wish, and even with K-pop too, I feel like BTS has become a cultural phenomenon, but a lot of people would say in the past that, oh, K-pop is not a very good trend or a very good genre. But now I think a lot of people 
um, play it on mainstream radio. So that's definitely been a really large change that I'm seeing. You mentioned the K-pop thing and my, both my sibling and my mom are both really into BTS. And I found it interesting that like, yeah, it is something that's like gained a lot of popularity, but like now BTS has started doing a lot of their songs or some of their songs at least in almost all English to cater to the Americans who aren't Asian and stuff like that. And other K-pop too. Like I still have know people who it's like, oh, if you had to get rid of one genre of music forever, what would be in its answer? like three times out of four was K-pop and it's just, so even if it is a big thing, it's still not like, I don't know how to take it, like almost like top tier, but like, that's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. It's kind of like the same phenomenon with anime and Japanese animation. There's a large group of people who are into it and are diehard fans, same with K-pop. But then there's also a large group of people who absolutely hate it. So I think when you mentioned that, um, it's really interesting when you think about culturally America, we kind of pull different trends and cultures um, from other parts of the world, but other countries look up to America for their trends. That's why you see a lot of um, K-pop bands and other forms of media trying to do things in English or trying to dub things in English because they want to appeal to Western audiences. So I think that's interesting how we look for representation there, but they also want our representation as well. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned it because I had a question that kind of relates to that. Um, I agree, by the way, with with what everyone has been saying with this like weird exchange of culture is kind of what I've been seeing. Um, I know there are a few Bollywood songs that have been westernized, for example, they definitely have a lot more hip hop vibes than they do Bollywood, which is kind of why I wanted to ask for those who grew up watching their cultures, film and media or whatever media consumption, whether it was music or movie TV, how do you compare that to what we see in America and to, as an example, I'm South Asian as well. I grew up watching primarily Bollywood mu- movies, listening to Bollywood music. And when I see today um, what younger kids are looking at, younger Indian kids are looking at to their idols and such, I definitely see why they're idolizing said music, said artists. But I also don't see that cultural tie that I saw when I was growing up. Uh, the costumes have definitely become more westernized. And it's actually to be quite honest, the fact that I said costumes itself is becoming westernized rather than clothes. These are things that I grew up with. So I wanted to know like what you all thought about comparison to the home country, to the home country's media versus America as well. So adding on to what you said, Ananya, I know we've talked about this multiple times. Um, the So because of like the rise of TikTok too, I feel like the primary thing that like really was Bollywood, it also kind of was altered because of TikTok and it just became more more and more westernized, more and more catered to what um, like they wanted to, like people wanted to see on like they see TikTok, if you will. Um, and while TikTok is great for like some, some, some aspects of things, I've also noticed that like Bollywood dance has just become just like a modified version of hip hop. And that's really not what Bollywood is. And um, it was, it's also like their, the outfits and like what people wear on like Daisy TikTok. It's all just, it's all just like appealing and it's all, it's all just like almost like clickbait, if you will. Um, so that's very infuriating. 
also the actors that we look up to in Bollywood. Bollywood is extremely sexist and has a big colorism problem that's just um, apparent. But I've seen as we get like more, more and more like young people into Bollywood, they all just look up to people who are like very fair. No one is actually like dark skinned. Um, that's why there's such a big lack of like South Indian representation. Everyone in Bollywood is primarily North Indian, um, the people who gain popularity. Um, and that's just really, really unfair. And it's just irritating at this point because it's all, all the attraction, all the fame, all the money goes to them. Nothing really goes to the people. And also a lot of the behind the scenes workers in Bollywood are like all those jobs, they all mostly go to South Indian people, but they don't get the representation. Um, so yeah, just to add on to what Anna said. I wanna add on to what Harshita said right now. Um, the TikTok, Instagram reels place, I think it's been great for music, um, like those who make music because they've done remixes and stuff and now because of those remixes, they have like a fan base if they release their own um, sort of original music. And yes, I do agree that it is kind of altering the original songs, like Jalebi Baby. It is very appealing, but the real song was like, it, it was nice. And now everybody just, they're going to one specific song which doesn't even make, it doesn't even give justice to what the original song was. And that kind of is heartbreaking for sure, because, you know, back in the day, there were actually great songs and albums. And now even internally in Bollywood, they're doing a lot of remixes. And that's kind of sad too, because the originals have a charm. And when somebody tries to alter it, it just the whole magic just dissipates and for the south indian representation i think there because there's a lot of um multilingual movies that are happening right now that is helping to some extent but i wouldn't say fully i think because there are a lot of content in each language that not just south india but other languages as well, like Bengali and Punjabi, that it's not it's not being portrayed in mainstream media, and that's kind of lacking in both internally in India and on the world stage. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we were also talking about colorism within media representation, but I also wanted to kind of move it to general day to day um, life. Um, Colorism is such a sticky topic. It's hard to say like what's what we want to see. And I want to know what is everyone's opinion on the way colorism is portrayed, not just in the media, but in like day-to-day -day activities. And to kind of explain what I mean, again, I'm I'm a light-skinned person. And in India, I believe someone mentioned earlier, that's considered beautiful. When you're light-skinned or fair, you are considered beautiful versus if you are dark-skinned, you don't get that same... Um, notice I suppose and I see this in comparison to my darker skin cousins to some family friends as well and I'm wondering how as a small community we're a group right now how as a community we can work towards inclusion and how that inclusion can also be portrayed in the media because media is how 
the larger community sees these smaller community discussions as well. I know that was like a lot of things, but I kind of wanted to break down colorism as well. Okay, so that sort of reminds me of this one Telugu actor, her name is Sai Balavi. And um, I think she said it in some interview that she's short, she's like 5'2 or something. So that, and uh, she has a lot of acne on her skin. Despite those barriers, the Telugu movie watchers have really loved her and appreciated her, despite her, what we say is not perfect or beautiful skin and height and stuff. So that, I think, is one thing which could be, if we can make it like a normal thing, it would be really helpful. I just wanted to add on, um, I think that colorism is a topic that has definitely been swirling in my mind a lot. It's something that I haven't fully understood and tackled because of how much historically and then culturally and then in our own pop culture as a generation has been so difficult and messy and and just very large. It takes up like a very large space of how we do things in society and how we treat each other. Um, but, and, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of hard because when I, I can't say that I've experienced a lot of colorism in the Vietnamese community and partly I think that's my fault because, because of all these types of um, problems, I've kind of even shied away from my own community when I was younger. I'm, a, I'm doing a lot better now um, as I get older and, and understand the importance of like my cultural heritage and my parents' story and how me and my cousins and my siblings grow up as Vietnamese Americans. But I think that a solution to improving the discrimination and the and people not being as inclusive as they should be. And I know the answer, a lot of people could say education or you know some big, large movement, but I think the simple answer that I could come up with is like us. And people might call that crazy, but I actually attended a, um, uh, like several work lectures uh, for my, my work earlier. And one of the guest speakers was saying, he, he was giving a lecture about entrepreneurship and business. And he was saying the number one um, thing in the world that is like the most important thing is that young people are the ones who create things because like we're the ones changing the tides culturally and then also in the ec economic sphere too like he, he gave us a list of apps so like google yahoo um instagram facebook and so he he turned to my class and he asked everybody what do you think is the number one common thing out of all these apps? And like, no one could answer because no one knew the answer. And then he said they were all started by students. And that did not occur to me because if you think about it, Apple, Microsoft, Yahoo, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those things were started at like a very small stage by a student. And just the fact that we're sitting here having this conversation now while other people our age don't necessarily care or don't necessarily care to look into it is already the greatest start that I could imagine. And I know because we are these types of people, we will continue to like blossom these conversations and tell our parents about it and our friends. And 
and it doesn't matter about like who listens I just know the people who will listen will come to us you know so that's why we formed culture talk and everything so that's what I would say our solution is yeah actually to go off of that I was going to say talking with our parents and like the elder community I don't want to necessarily use the word elder but to the community that is like to the generation above us let's say that um I think that's very important I know last year so many different political and social uh climates it was just like so many things were happening and I know that for a lot of like my family calls we were in a pandemic so of course like doing family calls was necessary to keep in touch and a lot of them shifted from just general day-to-day things to these larger uh, scale discussions, which I think is quite nice because the way that we as our current generation view things is to a certain extent how our parents and their generation view things, we are able to pick differences. We're able to see how to change, but we can't do this thing in my opinion where we incite change but don't incite change in the generation above us because they also can't walk through this world knowing that like some things just aren't okay um to go back to the colorism comment my dad's side of the family is actually south indian so when we have these conversations about colorism we had this conversation actually last year i even said you know just within the family i would prefer if i don't get those comments if no one else does, you know, everybody is equal, everyone's the same. And now that my family has heard that from me, and from my other other cousins, they even say like, if we were to call today, I'm sure they and I asked them this question, I'm sure they would say like, they just don't make those comments anymore. Because now that they've heard input from me from people, and I'm sure you all can relate, like talking to parents and elders, having them hear our opinions is a great way to incite change, having them know not to do some things or just knowing how the world and the climate around us is changing. I just wanted to put that out there as well. Um, so first, before I say anything, I should say that I'm not um, part of the AAPI community. So anything I'm saying is from like an um, outside perspective and with the acknowledgement that I don't know firsthand what that experience is like. Um, but I think another thing that is very important in terms of um, changing these sorts of issues is actually the makeup industry. Um, because a lot of like foundations and things, um, they have different names based on like the color they apply to. And um, the names carry like implicit messages that are like very um, discriminatory or fetishizing or just have different like just awful messages that directly relate to skin color um, because it's like foundation or something like that. And I think that definitely um, is something that needs to change. No, absolutely. Also, you mentioned foundation. I kind of wanted to go a little bit deeper. Makeup, the makeup industry is a little bit, actually not even a little bit, it's colorist. Let's be real here. Very colorist. I know that there have been strides to make it more inclusive. And I know the topic is definitely AAPI right now, but even to include darker skin tones in a different community. Um, But at the same time, when I watch interviews. I know a lot of Marvel stuff has been premiering, for example, and I watch these interviews of the darker skin actresses. You can see that they still have a lighter skin tone in the interviews versus like the actual show. And I don't think that's necessary. That could be because of lighting. That could be because they didn't have the right products or whatever. But all of this, in a sense, I don't want to use this term, but I'm just going to use it for the sake of explaining, but whitewashing in a weird way when they're like literally trying to make your skin lighter. I want to add to that, uh, the makeup industry, one 
I've been following this company called Live Tinted by Deepika Mutyala. She just released the Hue Guard, I think. It's like the SPF. And it she said that it does not give like a white cast. And I currently use a body shelf one. And that, even the slightest amount, gives like a really, really, it just leaves a white cast. And it's kind of annoying when like I'm out with friends, we're taking pictures and suddenly there's like a white streak on my neck or something and it's just like embarrassing but now to see that change in the industry even if it's just one company it is very it's like it makes us feel special that there's something just tailored for us and i just wanted to add really quickly to um the makeup point because maddie's point is definitely correct as everyone else's is but um for like a long time um i grew up listening listening to Asian music, whether that be like Japanese rock or K-pop, things like that. And even in the K-pop industry, um, in their society, beauty standards means like the more androgynous and the more feminine, the better. So that's why you see bands like BTS wearing makeup and things. And I find it interesting because in America, lots of people make fun of them because their makeup artists use like wider foundations to make them appear more fair on TV and in music videos. And then you see like a real life comparison of them in like Jimmy Kimmel's studio and they don't whitewash or edit their um, clips. So their skin tone is actually like a lot darker um, than perceived in like Korean media on their like posters and concert ads and things. And I just find it so interesting because in America, they make fun of like men for having feminine qualities or having wider foundations. But in Korea, they perceive it as more perfect and more beautiful. So when you take into like the cultural barriers between two countries of like Asia, as you were mentioning about um, India or like Singapore, Indonesia, countries like that, they kind of say, oh, the more fair skin, the more beautiful. But in America, it's like a bit different. So I find it interesting about um, the standards and, and it's a problem, it is colorism. I wish it would change. And I just hope in the future, um, there's a lot more discussion, a lot more solutions to solve that. Absolutely, I couldn't, I agree with you completely. Um, I feel like as we mentioned earlier, just having these kinds of conversations definitely helps change uh, strides and I think again, with the makeup industry, making sure that whoever is a colored person on screen, they have the appropriate makeup items. They have a makeup artist who potentially would understand hair as well. Hair care is also very important. Learning how to tame um, Indian hair, Asian hair. I know like as an Indian, it's kind of hard to use American beauty and hair care to tame my own hair because it's just so different. So having all of those, I think is a good uh, start and I would say to make this a little bit more positive I do see some change I would say overall not necessarily within the AAPI community but in America in the world overall in trying to take the right steps to the right in the right direction um, I kind of wanted to switch gears really quick and go to school and specifically STEM um, 
the media is a very large scale way that people see things. And one of the things they see is stereotypes and a big stereotype in the Asian community is that all Asian kids are great at school. And I wonder, um, I wanted to actually ask for personal experiences from all of you, if you're willing to share, have you experienced those pressures in your home life or in your school life? Um, and I just wanted to know, like de delve deep into that and kind of to get the ball rolling, I will say yes, I have definitely experienced that pressure. I don't think it's necessarily because of the media, which is a good thing, um, but definitely my parents have extended quite a bit of pressure in the STEM field saying, you know, you are an Indian woman in America, you should go into STEM. It's the only way you're going to do well. And that creates pressure. And I think that pressure adds to a stereotype that is unfortunately not true for all Asian Americans. Adding what, to what you said, um, I was also always in, and basis was a very predominantly Asian um, school, and I was always in a lower math class, like period. And even like in our STEM classes, I was just always not, I feel like math was like the defining characteristic. It was just like, if you were in a lower math class, you were just not considered like smart. Um, and smart is so subjective. And I just hate like the word smart. Um, and I wasn't like personally, I wasn't pushed by my parents, um, but um, my I actually recently visited my cousins and they have like, this is really hard for me to say, but like very stereotypical Indian parents. And they were very much pushed to um, pursue like all, they were like, they only had like three choices basically, um, career choices. And so when I told them like, I'm not going in that direction, they were just like shocked and they were just like, this is unbelievable. Um, and that, was also, and to talk about in the media, going back to Never I've Ever, Never, like the main lead, like Davy, she's very, she's really smart and she's really like academically driven. And her mom does push her to like go to Princeton and like go be in like the academic field. Um, so I think that definitely didn't help with <laughs> with media. Um, but there is, a, there is a shift, like it's not all, it's not all like she is an actress, right? Um, in real life. But I don't know, it's just, it's still there. There's still that stereotype that Indian kids are all really smart um, and all that, even just like Asian kids in general. It's really, that's why I always say like basis was just not a very good environment for like um, people who didn't, we had to basically be taught that this is not the right, this is not the only choice. Like there is an option to go into theater and like arts, stuff like that. It was just like, they were pushing us in one direction and one direction only. Um, and I really wish that would change. And I hope that in my new school, we see things that are different. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, and I just also wanted to add on really quickly as well, because um, I also attended basis when I was in middle school uh, from fifth grade to sixth grade. And while I don't, I, I think that like, like you were saying, Harshitha and Neon as well, um, the environment is not for everyone. I also felt like being an outsider because um, there were people there who loved that sense of competition, that thrill of competing against each other. And I think when you, you know, kind of force a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old into that type of environment, it is clear that they are going to struggle with who they are internally. And I found that once I left that environment and I graduated from uh, Castillo High School, which was um, a really nice experience, uh, and, and it was kind of like a school where 
um, everyone had their own thing, whether that was music or fashion or sports or band, culinary, everyone had like a different shtick almost. And I think that leads me to think that schools should promote, all schools, uh, charter, public, private, should always strive to push for education that's for everybody and allow people to blossom in their own way. They're gonna have to make mistakes. They're gonna have to learn. They're gonna have to you know, go through consequences and hardships. But I think when you get to college and you look back, that can be like the most valuable experience of seeing who you are now and then who you will be later is all because of the experiences that have built you up. And um, I just wanted to mention, I wrote about an experience on Culture Talk uh, that I experienced at ASU. So this is on the college level where on the first week of, as a freshman, we were doing icebreaker in the room and our professors and uh, mentors were asking us about, oh, please introduce yourself with your name and your major. And when I said that I was a fashion design and film and media production major, um, there was a boy who was not Asian who looked at me and said, really, I thought you would go into like a med or a mathematical um, career or mindset. And I just asked why, like, I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that, even though we were at an adult level, that those stereotypes still remained. So I think the start is like going back to the roots and teaching the new generation now, like fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders and up and telling high schoolers these, you, you don't have to fit in a box. You don't have to fit in the stereotype. And I think that's what even in our grade now in college should be taught still as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went to a similar school to as everyone was saying, um, where these pressures were definitely similar and honestly the same, let's be real here. Um, and I know from college, tying into also a cultural identity, there's also that academic identity. I know that's like a weird term, but for me, I'm a psych major. That's not, it's considered STEM, but it's not what people think of when they think of STEM. So it's weird to f navigate and find those differences as well in schooling. And I feel like going off of what everyone has said, um, I think inclusivity, regardless of race, is incredibly important at making sure that everybody, you can't judge them based on who they are. That's just a fact in general. But in terms on an academic level, I don't think that schools, teachers, parents should, again, put people in a box. And it's whatever that person's passionate about. I know Harshita mentioned she's like a dancer. That's definitely something that she's passionate about. She wants to do in the future. And I know Maddie, on the other hand, really likes physics. Like that's something she is passionate about. And like these passions, those are what define us, not what society thinks should define us. And I think that's what we have to find that line. I think that's what we, I believe, know. But hopefully our listeners can take that away, maybe have these conversations with their teachers, even their parents, anybody that they think needs to know the difference between the two um, spheres. I just think that that's incredibly important. We are unfortunately running out of time. So I did wanna wrap up this wonderful conversation and ask, um, does anyone have any like personal stories to end it off on a kind of positive note? Any personal stories about your community, your culture, anything that you wanted to share or just any uh, closing arguments? Anupama, I, can, I see your hand. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's actually related to school, but more on like the people than, you know, like the academic side of stuff. So 
like after my 10th grade, I was in the US for 9th and 10th grade, and then I moved to India. So with that shift, you know, like mainstream, everyone thinks that I'm an NRI girl who's like super hot and stuff. And then I come here with the bindi. A bindi is like a sticker which we put, uh, which women, South Asian women, just wear. And it's it's super nice. And for me, it's like, it's a part of me. Without that, even if it's just like five minutes, I will not be me. And, you know, like coming here and then having a classmate of mine say that, oh, you were in the U.S.? I don't think you were in the U.S. because you wear a bindi. That was sort of like, it was so weird to see that, you know, um, teens in the U.S., especially like Asian teens and them being sort of multicultural because they were born in a different country. They are trying to like connect to their roots. And then the kids here are just like, no, I'm not interested in culture. and you know, this is one thing that I always talk about because like the bindi, the same thing in the US, there was another, I, I went to a separate, um, I went to a Spanish camp. I think I don't remember the name of it, but um, basically there were two girls. One of them was Somalian and the other one was just a black American. Both of them were so intrigued by me wearing a bindi that they asked for it. and the i think i'm not sure if she's somalian or not but she wore a hijab um and the hijab and the bindi which i gave her it kind of matched and she looks super cute in it and i was like so proud of being a representative of india and indian culture at that point and then i come back here and i'm like what's going on so that's kind of like my special school memory I think although it's not really great no I love it I like how you were able to like find a tie to your culture and just feel represented and feel loved and needed I I love hearing those kinds of stories I know that like it was in a school setting and such but it's nice like when you were saying that when she wore the bindi and masked her hijab that that's a beautiful story for sure I know um, in our school, I know someone mentioned it was predominantly like Asian, but when someone who wasn't Indian asked for Indian clothes for cultural day, just giving it to them and watching them just like twirl around in the skirt or just, I don't know, just really love it. It's, it's very refreshing almost to see other people enjoy these small things that make us who we are. Does anyone have any other personal stories or any closing remarks before we end the episode off? Okay, um, well, in that case, that is the end of our AAPI discussion. Thank you to everybody for coming. This was a wonderful discussion. I wish it could have continued longer, but if this is something that you like, I would love to have more of these. This is something that the team and I were discussing with different topics. And if any of you guys want to come on, you're more than welcome to. This is a wonderful discussion. <laughs>